0: Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith.
1: Well, we're going to do communion, so if you haven't gotten your communion, you can grab that at the back or someone can uh, help uh, with that. And uh, I think that what we'll do is we'll do communion first and then we'll transition into we're gonna just join with this call and praying for israel and um just talk about that for just a quick brief moment i always have to pick the brain whenever it comes to israel or the jewish people my resident expert because she knows way way more than i do uh about any of that stuff so um you know, I, I thought this morning as I, you know, as we talk about communion, you know, they they had the, the meal together before Jesus' death and he's with his disciples and they did the whole, you know, bread and wine and he said, you know, do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me, dying on the cross for your sins, being resurrected for your salvation, all that kind of stuff. But he hadn't done it yet. He told them, do this in remembrance of something that he hasn't even done yet. And so as we, you know think in a few moments about israel and praying for them and uh you know aaron could share just a little bit about the the feast um a couple of those feasts has already been fulfilled but the the rest of them have not and uh so we're in that place where the disciples were in that moment as he said do this in remembrance of me something that he hadn't done yet we're standing in that place as believers today and praying into and remembering what he's going to do you know in the days to come which is kind of a, a weird concept but but god is outside of time he's already done it he's already returned to the earth and vanquish vanquished the devil and all that kind of stuff because he's he's outside of time which is weird but but as we're doing that uh you know and saying you know do this in remembrance of me we're remembering what he did for us on the cross we're also praying into and believing into the fulfillment because the 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 remembering is not just uh for us to look back and say oh man God showed up on this this time in my life and this season, and he, and he did this, and I just rejoice in that. It is to uh, fill in us and stir in us, in our spirits, a hunger for the fulfillment of what is to come. And it's to connect our hearts into that place to say, wow, he did this, and that's great, and I celebrate that. But I want that to fuel in me a participation and a unity with what he's going to do, you know. So as we, as we take this communion today and say, you know, in remembrance, we remember what you did, let it fuel our hearts to participate and unify our spirits in what is to come, you know? I, I hope that makes sense. It, it does in my head. <laughs> uh, so let's just, uh, let's just take this communion and then we're going to transition into just a, uh, taking a moment to pray for Israel. So um, Lord, we just thank you for this body that was broken for us. We thank you, Lord, and we remember what you did for us. And we just, we, we can't celebrate it enough. We can't understand it enough. We can't agree with it enough. We just say thank you, Father, for what you did on that cross to heal our bodies, our physical bodies, heal our spiritual, our emotional, our mental bodies, we just thank you Lord Father for your goodness and your kindness to to have not missed anything when you created us and you did every in, in in each season and generation unfolds as we as we hurl towards that time of your your coming again Lord we just thank you Father for how specific and precise you are in everything. We just thank you Lord Father for healing us for touching us for restoring us for fueling our bodies with energy and strength to run alongside you. We just say, God, this morning, Lord, let there be a flood of faith that would just begin to fill the room. We ask you, Father, for a healing anointing to rest upon this house, this community, and this region, Lord. Let uh, this time, as we're... uh, Uh, extending our hearts to pray for another nation and another people Israel and the Jewish people Lord let there be a response of the Holy Spirit to that and let the uh, let the fulfillment come that says that those you those who bless you I will bless those who curse you I will curse and so as we bless Israel today Lord we ask for a flood of the Holy Spirit to come and begin to heal cancer and diabetes and Uh, sickness and and all different kinds and manners of sicknesses and allergies and asthma and all those things, Lord, come in your power and your boldness, Lord, as we celebrate your, your authority and sovereignty over all sickness and disease. In Jesus' name, let's eat together. Lord, we do remember your blood that was spilt on that day. We remember even in our individual lives that moment, Lord, when we made you Lord and Savior, that joyous that joyous, joyous day, Lord, when we accepted the forgiveness of our sins from you. We reached out and we asked for that blood to be poured out over us, to wash us, to make us white as snow. We thank you, Lord, Father, for every saint and believer here, Lord, who stands on this day because the blood of Jesus has opened a door for us into the Holy of Holies to come before the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, to come boldly before your throne. Thank you, Father, for your blood that cleanses us. And we ask, Lord, that your blood would flow in this place, Lord. Anyone, Lord, Father, who hasn't felt the refreshing washing, Lord Father, of your forgiveness come over their lives, Lord. We ask Jesus that you would turn their hearts today to the place, Lord Father, where they would accept and receive you as sovereign king and Lord over their lives. Let your blood cover them, wash them, cleanse them, fulfill them, pour hope and faith and promise into their spirits. We thank you, Lord, Father, for your goodness, and we pray, Jesus, come, manifest yourself here today as we just remember your goodness, and we drink this symbol of your blood, in Jesus' name. You want to share just a quick thing on just the feast and the Pentecost and stuff?
0: Don't take 30 minutes. Surprise, here's the microphone. Um, We just were talking some this morning and yesterday about um, Pentecost and I don't even remember, it might've been someone who shared it here, the fact that, you know, Jesus, um, or God poured out his spirit at Pentecost and it was to the Jews that took the gospel. You know all the the Jews had come to the city to celebrate the feast so people were traveling from afar they were doing their pilgrimage to come to the synagogue to celebrate and then surprise the Holy Spirit showed up the gospel got preached people got saved and then they took the gospel home with them so the Jews were the first to um, just spread the gospel to others So here we are, you know, thousands of years later where we are taking the gospel back to them. So it's that full circle. So here we are on Pentecost again. We are praying that their eyes will be opened, um, that the spiritual blindness will be removed, that they can see their Messiah. And when they see their Messiah and call him back, that's when Jesus is going to return. So there's a lot of beautiful poetry that God has worked into the feast, and um, I'm just thankful that we get to stand here today and pray, you know, and fulfill what what God said. Pray for my people. Pray that their, their eyes would be open. So that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, no. Um that that kind of circle thing uh, in Romans eleven, it just talks about that the, the spiritual blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, and so all Israel will be saved. So it's it was this place where that you know he would, he came first to the Jew. There was a spiritual blindness that uh, happened in their hearts, which caused you know uh, Paul the other apostles to reach out to go out into the the, the Greeks and the Gentiles and take the gospel, and then there's a, a a turning back, you know, as we launch into the end times where it is, he talks about that it is the Gentiles that will provoke the Jews to jealousy so that they will turn their hearts back to Jesus and usher in the, the return of the Lord. So it's a cool little uh, circle there that the Lord has weaved into that place. And so as we talk about uh, joining with, and there's actually an there's an, another ministry called 110 cities did you see that one too and they uh i don't know too much about it but they also were you know joining in and i guess they are trying to do a one hour prayer uh today i think i have that right and uh supposedly they it's like a hundred million people um so the number just kind of keeps escalating but um so that's just amazing uh, all the people that are joining together to pray, to pray for Israel, and just what's going to happen in the heavenlies, what's going to happen in the spirit realm in that place. But as we, you know, look at that reality, uh, you know, the Bible says in, you know, Matthew, Jerusalem, you shall see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So, the, you know, I don't know how many were here when we were, you know, speaking about, you know, just the end times and the millennium and all that kind of stuff. None of that is going to happen until the Jewish people as a whole uh, come forward and say, Jesus, you are the Messiah uh, once again. And that's just a, a powerful reality because we have to understand what that means. It, it's, not a, it's not just, uh, hey, a bunch of people got saved. That's awesome. Let's rejoice. These are the people who crucified Christ on the cross, you know, their lineage. So, for them to, to, to say, Ah, oh, accept Jesus as Savior, it's not just about, Ah, oh, I'm a sinner, I need salvation. It's them saying, Wait a second, we were the ones that crucified the God of all creation. It, it's a little weighty, you know, to, to make that statement and that confession, to step into it. So, the, the revelation of, you know, what we're praying into and what they're. Uh, what we need them to step into is, is huge. It's crazy to just consider that. So we want to, uh, just on this Pentecost Sunday, we just want to join together as a body of believers with just thousands of ministries uh, across the globe in every nation that are joining together today and praying uh, for the salvation. It is the most persecuted people group in history, and that's only going to escalate as we advance towards end times because for some unbeknownst reason, the devil still thinks he can win, (laughs) you know, and and he's still going to try and uh, completely annihilate the Jewish people, because if if there is no Jew left on the earth, there's no one left to say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord and ushers in his return. Now, he's going to fail, but he's still going to try, and so uh, as we just join together and just lift our hearts in agreement, uh, uh, we we just want to understand the gravity of it and the weightiness of it in and in and, and, uh, you know the bible talks about david david said that you know this one thing i desire this one thing i seek to dwell in the house of the lord in all uh dwell in the house of the lord and gaze upon your beauty all the days of my life whatever you she said this this morning whatever you gaze upon you fall in love with um and so david wanted to fall in love with you may not have a heart for Israel, and I, I don't as nearly as much as she does, um, but as, as we launch our hearts into contending and praying and interceding for them, you will find yourself with this affection for the people, for the nation, for the uh, fulfillment of prophecy. So we just want to join together today, and we just want to pray the things that, uh, um, you can look at IsaiahFast, Isaiah62Fast.com if you want. There's tons of stuff on there just to read through. Um, but uh, the things that I see, there's three things that I kind of see. Number number one, as we're going to pray today, number one, that we, our hearts would get connected with the biblical and prophetic words of where we're going into the end times. That we are, as, as the Gentile, to provoke them to jealousy so that we would step in. To agreeing with the words that God said, to get our hearts connected to it, get our spirits connected to it, that it would be alive on us. Uh, number two, that we would step into the place of provoking the Jews to jealousy, that we would live out of our faith and out of our, uh, uh, you know, just connectedness with the Holy Spirit to the extent that it would provoke them. They would say, Oh, What is going on in that woman? What is going on in that man that makes them so different? And then three, that Israel would respond to that jealousy, and they would submit their hearts to Jesus, and they would usher in the return of the Lord. So I'm sure there's a lot else we can pray for, protection, all those different kind of things, but just three primary things, I think, that are important. Um as we pray today so we're just gonna uh spend just a moment and just pray into this and uh just just dialogue with the holy spirit ask him god what do you want me to pray for how can i connect my heart to israel how can i make this alive in me how can i step into this and be uh faithful in this because he he blesses those who bless israel so there's a selfish you know reality in there that there's some good stuff that comes from just standing with the nation of Israel. So, I, I don't usually do this, but I'm going to do it today. Let's let's stand. Let's just uh, engage our hearts as we just pray for Israel. God, we thank you. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding as we just join together with tens of millions of believers all over the earth, this lifting up one thing, another nation, another people a long, long way from us that we may have no connection with. But God, we understand the promises of the Bible. We understand the prophetic words that you've spoken, God, and we want to knit our hearts together with what you're doing because, Lord, we don't get to see you face to face in in the fullness on the earth again until they step into their fullness on the earth of salvation. And so, God, we just ask you, knit our hearts together with a prophetic promise. Knit our hearts together with biblical understanding and let it begin to fuel us. Let it begin to stir us with passion and desire to stand with the Jewish people, to stand with the nation of Israel, to say, Lord, Father, these are the ones, Lord, Father, that we need to link with. These are the ones, Lord, that we need to stand with to see you come back and, and, and to, to uh, stand in that day where there's no more crying, no more tears, that the enemy has been vanquished from the earth and we stand under the fullness of face-to-face communion with Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit. God, we just thank you for that. We ask you, Lord, would you help us as a body of believers to step into the fullness, to grow in our maturity and understanding, to grow in our faith, to grow, Lord, Father, in our knowledge. Of you that we would provoke them to jealousy, God. Let our light begin to shine in a way that it had never has, Lord. Let our hearts begin to speak boldly before the people, Lord Father. Let us, Lord, let uh, take the 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 uh, the bushel off of the lamp and let it shine, God. We ask you, Lord, that you would stir us with a heart of evangelism. You would stir us, Lord Father, with a heart that's crying out on the. Um, the city on the hill that's saying, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. God, let our hearts begin to be bold. We ask you, Lord, pour on us the boldness of Stephen, the boldness of Paul. Lord, pour on us the boldness of those martyrs all over the earth from from the beginning of time till now. Lord, let us begin to stand and say, we are, have something that changes everything. Lord, you are the greatest measure of promise that we can ever imagine. Lord, let us begin to speak of it boldly and proudly. And without fail, God, we ask you, Lord Father, today, we lift up the nation of Israel. We lift up the Jewish people. Lord, we just... We rebuke, Lord, the devourer over that nation and that people, God. We just lift up a hedge of protection. Lord, let it fall on them, cover them, protect them. Lord, let the dullness from their eyes come off, Lord. We just say, Lord, let the scales fall off their eyes that they might see clearly that you are Messiah. Lord, we ask you, Father, that you would begin to just stir in that, in that nation, Lord, Father, just fiery allowed. Bold believers that are walking in miracles and signs and wonders to begin to uh, usher forth, Lord Father, just this place where they cannot be excused, they cannot be dismissed, they cannot be um, talked down. That miracles are happening, signs and wonders are happening, Lord. That those that would try and reject the Messiah would be like in the days of Jesus, that said, well, "We cannot, we we cannot, uh, you know." Reject that a miracle is happening happening right now in among the people. And so what do we do? Lord, let there be confusion in the ranks of the enemy in the nation of Israel. Lord, thwart their plans. Cause, Lord, Father, their plans to fail. Cause confusion to come into their camp of the enemy, Lord. Let the spirit of wisdom and understanding rest upon the believers in that nation. Let them give good, mighty, and wise counsel to the believers and to the unbelievers. Lord, let them be the ones that they would turn to. Like uh in the in the in the Bible, Daniel and Shadrach and uh a bit uh all those guys. I can't even think of all their names. <laughs> uh, all those guys that they that the kings the unbelievers turned to them because they saw wisdom and insight and understanding in them. Lord, just we just ask that you would raise up those ones in the nation of Israel, that they would be full of wisdom and power and might and prophetic unction. Lord, that they would begin to reveal that Jesus is Messiah. We ask you, Lord Father, let this uh unbelievable surge this wave this tsunami of prayer that's happening all over the earth today god we ask you lord that it would bring forth a mighty turning of the israeli people back to jesus lord even as we celebrate this on this day of pentecost when When the word was spoken, they said 5,000 people there believed in the name of Jesus and turned to him. God, we ask you for that kind of turning today in the nation of Israel. We ask, Lord, even right now at the Wailing Wall, as, as countless thousands are gathered there, we ask that the Spirit of God would fall in that place right now and begin to touch those orthodox believers and Jews, God. You begin to turn their hearts and their spirits. You begin to manifest your glory and your power in them. Lord, turn them back to the place where they say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We thank you, Father, for you are faithful to your word, and you're faithful to respond to prayer And so we lift up this prayer together with so many others and say, God, pour out your glory on the Israeli people, the Jewish people. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Thank you, guys. I'm going to go ahead and just read our opening scripture um, to prepare our hearts for the message. This comes out of 1 John 3, 1 to 3. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us
3: It's okay, I'm going to hold off on the song just so we can move in to them. Thank you, honey. Um, there's an incredible reality that, that hap- happens to every believer. is that It says, the Scripture says that the love of the Father has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And it's remarkable because the reality of a father's love goes inward. It goes into your heart. And it transforms you. And what I want to share today is probably one of the most passionate topics that I can ever think of that I can even process. This thing, this, what I want to share with you today is, has transformed my life and I was never the same after I had an encounter. And so today I want to talk about knowing God as your Father. And I want to read a scripture to you. Uh, 1 John 3, 1 through 3, we just read that. See how great... A love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God. And such we are. And for this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We're all a beautiful work in process, right? But there will come an end when when He's done with us, we're going to look like Him. We're going to look like our Papa. And in that, this finishing work is going to be very beautiful as we appear. And, uh, and we will see Him just as He is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on Him purifies himself just as He is pure. So today I want to talk about knowing God as your Father. You know, last week Rocker did, Rocky did a great job talking about the importance of prayer. And, you know, the outset and the beginning of the Lord's Prayer is we all get to read our Father. And we read that, and sometimes we could just quickly go past that. But that word, our Father, is true and genuine. But do you have the experience, though, Of knowing the Father on the inside. And in that, it will shape you. It will settle you. It will secure you. It will give you a place of rest inside your heart when the love of the Father is resident within you. So, In John 14, verse 6, it's a very familiar verse passage for many of us. Jesus says these words Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. Now, in this statement, there are two main elements that I want you to understand. First is, What is the way? Well, obviously, Jesus is the way. He's the truth and the life. So he is the way. And a lot of Christians, I don't know if you've ever considered this, but Jesus says, no one can come to the Father but through me. So Jesus is the way, but the Father is the destination. He's where we're going. We're getting ready to meet our Father. And I'm aware that through many years of my experience and observation, there are many Christians that are on the way, but you've not arrived at the destination. And you've you've never come to know God personally as a Father. So, they're continue, you're continuing on the way, you're living good lives, you're getting blessed, you're getting really all the wonderful benefits of being a, a believer in Jesus, but they've really missed the point of the coming of Jesus, and that was to bring us to the Father. Because I want you to understand that when Jesus says, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Father. He was making it really clear to everyone. I'm a representation of Him. Just to illustrate this point, um, from my personal experience, in 1984, I had an encounter with God that absolutely changed my life forevermore. I had been saved for many years, and I'd read about God as my Father. And I, I, I knew the doctrine of the fatherhood of God. But I did not have the experience internally inside as God is my father. And the one night during a healing service with Dolores Winder, I had such a profound encounter with the love of the Father and the power of God that came upon my life that after that moment... I knew in the depths of my heart, I had the assurance that I had a papa, that I had a father, and he loved me. And his love pulsated inside my very core of my being, and it settled me. You know, when papa's in the house, there's just a settling, you relax. You're not striving. You're not trying to work up something. You're not trying to figure out things in a way that... There's just an assurance. And because He saw me. He knew me. He knew the cry of my heart. He knew what I needed. And all of a sudden, the Father's love just kind of like filled me up on the inside. So after that encounter... I discovered that there are many people that have the doctrine and that God is the Father, but they've never had the experience. It's just just in your head. You read the scripture, our Father, who art in heaven. Well, that's nice. I got a God who's my Father in heaven. But is that an internal reality? Is that something that you're truly experiencing? But just like me, I had this theory of God as my father. But when love entered into the depths of my heart, all of a sudden, I found, as I was on the way, I found the destination. And it was into the embrace of my father. And so in that, I found a home. I found home. Home is in my heart where the father is you know, when you have a home, it's everything. When you don't feel like you have a home, you're an orphan. You're an outsider looking in. Is that really what a family's about? You know, it's kind of... But when internally, when, when this encounter I had, when I came up out of the encounter of the power of the love of the Father, you know the first thing that I knew that I knew that I knew inside the depths of my heart? I had a papa. I had a papa. And see, Romans 8, 15 says, For you have not received a spirit of slavery, leading to fear again. Now listen to this. But you've received a spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Your spirit man has a cry. And you know what the cry of your spirit man is inside you? It wants to say, Papa, Abba, Father. Your spirit man wants to cry out and embrace and know that you're loved by a father. You're known and loved just the way you are. You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to do a song and a dance to get his attention. He loves you because you're his child. And that's a reality that's in the depths of our heart that needs to be an experiential reality, not a ethereal understanding. Do you understand what I'm trying to get at? Okay. It needs to go 18 inches. This reality needs to go from here to your heart. That's 18 inches, I think. About right there. So, I had a, a, very, I have a very dear friend, David Kula. His father um, entered into last stages of dementia, so he and his wife, Val, they would go and he would go and visit his father, and his father, you know, came from a pretty rough background. He was pretty harsh and, and rough and gruff, and he didn't really know if his father knew Jesus after he slipped into dementia. And so he would, they would go and visit him every week, and they would spend time praying with him, and he would just sit there blank and just didn't know them from Adam. And they went month after month after month, and he just said, you know, I just don't know if we're getting anywhere. And there was one day they were visiting their, his father, and all of a sudden he came out of the state of dementia Memory loss. He just all of a sudden became very coherent. His eyes were open and they knew he was there. And this is what he said I just met Jesus, and he took me by the hand and he led me to meet the Father. Now, that's the gospel. That's the gospel. I just met Jesus, and he took me by the hand and said, hey, you want to go meet my father? And he took him to meet the father. Jesus is the way, but the destination is the father. To be embraced by the father. So, I want to talk about the destination, coming to know God as your Father, in a quiet and gentle and profound way. This understanding has absolutely revolutionized my life. And it's revolutionized my my prayer life. And I thank God, and I thank God for my parents and for my grandparents. They were fine people. (laughs) Ha ha, no pun intended, no pun, but... They had a hard work ethic, and they were individuals. They just—they were a generation that just got things done. You know what? They just put it on their shoulders, and they're like, let's just get her done. They work hard. They're a generation that just understood the values of hard work, you know, uh, good ethics. But the reality is, is that I didn't come to know father because emotionally and uh, emotionally and and being able to show affection to be close and and hug and affirm and speak into my life they just didn't have a grid for that and I, and I'm not blaming them for that but My experience in 1984, there was such a profound change in my spiritual experience that I want to show you from Scripture and not through my experience how you can come to know the same kind of relationship. Is that something any of you would like to know? God is your Father. To be an internal reality I want to give you some scriptures. Now, let's look at Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 2. Hebrews 1, 1 through 2. God, after He spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in the last days has spoken to us in His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the world. This scripture is talking about two different ways in which God speaks. He speaks through the prophets, but in a different way, he speaks to us through his son. So there's two ways God is speaking to his people. The prophets, they could only reveal God as father so much. But there's only one person in the universe who could clearly exemplify exemplify and personify the love of the Father, and that was the Son. So that's why the Son came to complete and fulfill the message of the prophets, but also to bring revelation that no prophet could ever bring, and that's the revelation of the Father. Jesus came to say, this is who my Father is. Because you remember when Jesus said to his disciples, he said, if you've seen me, You've seen the Father because remember the disciples said, just show us the Father and it's enough. And he's like, yeah ay, ay, yeah ay. He's like, y'all don't get it. when you've seen me, you've seen Papa. So in that he's trying to get across this reality that he's the one that gives the understanding. And then John 17 in the high priestly prayer of Jesus, where he's praying to the Father on behalf of his disciples, who were with them there. And in the part of this prayer, uh, Jesus is beginning to speak about the Father in John 17, verse 6. Turn there. John 17, verse 6. He says this, I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. There are two things I want to comment on. The first of all is what is the name that he manifested? See, Jewish people for 14 centuries are familiar with the name. The name they call Jehovah, Yahweh. And see, it's so sacred, they never pronounce it. A Jew never pronounces Yahweh. They only write it. They only write it down. That's just so sacred. So they know the name Yahweh, Jehovah. But what was the name that Jesus was manifesting to his disciples? If you read in the prayer, you'll find that it's the name Father. And it occurs six times in that chapter. So Jesus came to manifest the name of the Father. So the word manifest is important. He didn't just come to talk about his dad. He came to demonstrate his dad. Do you see? So he came to demonstrate the reality of the Father to his disciples. Why? How? By living like a son to God. By being a son, he represented his Father. He was never frightened, he was never perplexed, he was never in despair, he never felt insecure, he never failed to know what to do because he was always with his Father. He saw, they saw in the life of Jesus a different kind of life, a life that was content with knowing the Father. I mean, they're familiar with the prophets, with Moses, and all the men, all the tremendous signs and wonders that took place. But there was a man who lived knowing that he had a Father in heaven, and his name was Jesus. And it brought security to all those around him. And Jesus said, from the beginning to the end, I've come to manifest the name of my Father. And I'm only going to do what I see my Father doing. That's all. Nothing else. I didn't come for my agenda. I came for my Father's. So, the prophets could speak about it, but Jesus was the only one that could manifest him. So in that, Matthew 11, verse 27, he says, All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him. This is so important. This verse right here is so important. To whom the Son wills to reveal him. So no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father but the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal the Father to. So I want to tell you very clearly today, I cannot reveal the Father to you as much as I would love to, and nor can any other pastor or any other person. There's only one person who can reveal the Father, and that is the Son, Jesus So if if you want to know the Father, it must be by the revelation given to you by Jesus. It's simply asking Jesus, give me revelation knowledge of the beauty and the wonder of my Papa. Open my eyes and let my heart experience this love and let it just wrap around me and let it hold me close and never let me go. And let this become an inward reality within you. And Jesus continues, and I love these words, uh, and they're familiar to many people. Now listen to this in verse 28 of Matthew. Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. All of you who are carrying burdens who's struggling, who find it hard going, who sometimes wonder, am I going to make it? And in that, Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. I will give you rest. I'm the one that gives you what you need. And then verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Now listen to this. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. What was his yoke? What what is he talking about? My yoke is easy. My burden is light. What is his yoke, and what is his burden? I didn't know Jesus had a burden. Yoke and burden. His yoke was to do the Father's will. His yoke was to put on his Father's will in his way. It was his relationship with the Father that was what he was putting on. And he said, basically, if you're struggling, if you're perplexed, if you're anxious, if you're frustrated... If you're not satisfied with the way life is going, Jesus says, come to me and I will reveal the Father to you. And that will be a life-changing revelation on the inside of you. When you realize that the yoke that you're putting on is the yoke of your Father's will for your life. And that is an easy burden because there's such a confidence inside of you. See, for so long, even even as a believer, I still walked around with an orphan heart not knowing the Father's love. And see, an orphan heart didn't get cast out of me. And I receive, what happened is that when the Father's love came inside, deep into my heart, it displaced an orphan heart. It pushed it out. And, and the Father just settled within me. So I can't pray over you and, and to tell an orphan's spirit to leave you. It had, something greater has to drive it out. And that's His love. You know, the Father's revelation is really a new sense of belonging. You feel like you have a home on the inside. You feel like, well, I know there's a lot of difficult things going on around me in life, and maybe people don't all like me and want to be my friend. Well, that's okay, because I got my Father. And he gives me confidence and the assurance that I can go through anything with him. And it's an inward reality that you rest in. See, this is true rest. Jesus says, I will give you rest. The rest is coming from his papa. You're like, "Whoo!" I've been trying to work out this Christian life and doing the right thing and trying to be perfect and I'm worn out. He's just saying, come on, just come to me. You know, when, when the prodigal son got tired enough, hungry enough, and had lost his way enough, what did he do? He decided it was time to go back home. You know, my papa takes good care of everybody. He takes care of all the servants and... And when he chose to start getting back on the road, guess who was on the road before him? The father. And he ran to him. And he embraced him. And my son, which was once dead, is now alive. Coming into being alive on the inside is having your papa wrap his arms around you and kiss you. That's what settles you on the inside. That's true rest. So the yoke you're putting on is the Father's will for your life. And it's easy. And it's peaceful. So how many of you are really enjoying rest on the inside right now? I just want to ask that. Just ask yourself, how at rest are you on the inside right now? You know, there's not much rest in our contemporary culture right now. My goodness. You know, you can look there and look there and and everywhere in vain for it, but you do not know what rest is. This world does not know how to relax. There's only one place you're going to find rest, and it's in the bosom of the Father. John rested up against Jesus, who was the representation and the manifestation of the Father. And resting in the the bosom of the Father is where you find rest, and that's what Jesus wants to reveal to you today. It is the revelation that you have a Father. I can't do it. I can tell you about it. And I can pray for you, but only Jesus can do it. He's the only one that reveals His Father. So I want to just... Well, I'm I'm probably gonna have to do a part two and three on this. I, I, I um, there is several very important things that happens to individual. I'm just gonna highlight, and that's it. When you receive your father, there's a sense of your own personal identity. Do you know that um, you really know who you are? Because, see, in the Scripture, people were identified by their father. Uh, You know, if you read the genealogy, it says he was the father of so-and-so and so-and-so and -and and -and so-and-so. The father of so-and-so and so, and so, and through your father is where you have your identity, so there's an identity crisis in our nation. And I'm not going to get into all that right now. Oh, my gosh. It is just people do not know who they are. Come on, church. There needs to be a wake-up revelation of the Father in America. We have too many broken identities, multiple identities. I'm, I'm just like, it is, we are in an identity crisis. So first thing, security. I'm not going to get into all of it right now. So you're secure in your identity, having a father. Then the second thing is that you have a home. You know, we all know that when we're born again, we're going to heaven. But do you know that the, the way is through Jesus, but the destination is, yeah, you're going to heaven, but you know, you're really going home. You have a home. And I can't wait to go home. I mean, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to like push the envelope. And say, you know, I, I Jesus, I want to go home, but you know, I, I I look forward to seeing my loved ones and my family and my friends. We're going home, church, and there's no better place. And then, thirdly, it, it gives you a sense of security because it says that when you're in the Father's hand. No one can snatch you from his hand. So there's a sense of security of knowing that I'm just not going to mess up and get kicked out of the home. Get on out of here. You messed up too much. No, once you're in the Father's hands, you're secure. And you can rest in that. So I'm going to stop there because I don't. Have much more time. So, <laughs> so, I just want to communicate to you um, that today, if you're carrying some heavy load and you're just worn out and, and you've kind of lost your way, Jesus says, come unto me, all that have a heavy load Trust in me because his burden is light and his yoke is easy. Whose burden is light, whose yoke is easy? It's the Father. And I feel like the Lord wants to, today, um, after worship, Daniel's going to lead us in worship here in a minute. We're going to go ahead and dismiss everyone and get their children Come back in. And I want us to worship God with all of our hearts. But at the end, um, I want to pray for some that might want to know the Father's love. You've been on the way, but you want to reach the destination today, and that is to be embraced by the Father's love. And let it internally settle you, heal you, restore you, and calm you down. Some of you are just too wound up. You really are. Oh, my gosh. It is too wound up. You know, when Papa's in the house, everything's okay. When he's, when he's there, everything is going to be okay. And that's the assurance that we have through the Father's love. Amen? Amen. Father, I just pray now. Today... Father, I'm asking that through Jesus, who is the revealer and the one that manifested the Father to His disciples and to all the people. Lord Jesus, I I pray today that, Lord, after worship, that, Lord, there will be an opportunity for people to cry out to You, Lord, and for You to meet people in such a manner that their eyes and hearts will be opened to the love of the Father. So I pray today, Lord, that you would give revelation knowledge and insight into the beauty of the love of our God. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand. And uh, if you need to go get your children, get your children. We're going to come back in and worship and have a wonderful time exalting him.